Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, motivational speaker, women's empowerment coach, full-time psychology student, mama four, and military spouse. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and real stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, today I'm here with Onika. Onika Daniel is a mother of three, a graduate of Hampton University, an advocate for domestic violence awareness, and the author of the award-winning The Holiday Boys book series, a creation of teachable lessons for children. And I will link all of her books up in the show notes. So if anybody wants to grab that, especially if they have littles, because I've definitely checked them out since you applied. And I'm like, Wow. Those are some really awesome books. I mean, I haven't purchased them yet for myself because we're moving and I don't need extra stuff to travel with me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But but I am going to preface this with anybody listening. If you guys hear weird noises in the background, it is because the house next door to me got sold and they put a metal bin next door and it's been there for a month. But today is the day they decided to load it up with stuff. And so I'm just just rolling with it. So hopefully nobody can hear it on the recording, but I'm just going to preface that. So Anika, you did not become a domestic violence awareness advocate out of nowhere. Can you share with us what happened to you? Yes, sure. So basically, um, I was in um, it started off as being emotional. So basically, uh, it started off being where he would call me out my name when we argued. And then it gradually turned into the gaslighting and the manipulation. Um, and then eventually it turned into physical once we actually married and had our two children. Wow. So how long were you with him after the kids were born? Um, I was with him. Well, our first child was born when I was, um, how old was I? I was 29. <laughs> I was 29. Um, and then our second child was born when I was, uh, 36. So I left when I was 37. Yeah. So I left 11 months after our second child was born. Wow. Yes. What made, so that was six years ago. What made you decide to leave? What was the breaking point? Cause a lot of people hear domestic violence stories and they may not understand cause they've never been there, but I, I mean, I've been there. So I'm like, I completely understand. But some people listening may not like get like where, when you decide to leave, what is that point? Because for everybody it's different. And every story we've shared on the podcast has been different. Yes. Everyone's threshold is different. And um, I finally decided to leave after telling myself I was going to leave a thousand times, but I finally decided to leave once I was, um, once I gave birth to our second child and I was alone hemorrhaging and having to have a blood transfusion and having an out-of-body experience basically in my mind I said you know what he doesn't love me it's time for me to make my escape plan so that was the the moment that I decided okay this isn't working I have to get out of here before I end up dying Yeah, no, I completely understand. Mine, um, mine was a, a moment in time where I was like, "Yeah, he's gonna kill me." Like that's pretty much what's gonna happen here. Like, uh, people who have listened to the podcast know the day I left my ex, he shot a gun in my house, and I was like, "Yep, yeah, I 
I might die. Like, and I think that was the thing that made me not go back. Like again, for like the hundred zillionth time I had left. Oh yeah. 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 So was he, did he, um, was he violent towards the boys as well? Or were you just the only person that he took his aggression out on? I was the only person. Um, my oldest who was eight at the time, he witnessed certain things, which he, you know, we still talk about to this day, but um, no, I was the one who he took his aggression on. Yes. Which it's, to me, it's kind of fascinating when you look at these situations that sometimes the kids are not, I mean, obviously they're exposed, um, but that they are actually like the target of the aggression. But then sometimes it's everybody, like everybody is the target of the aggression. So I find it kind of fascinating how that varies situation by situation. I do too. And it is, it's like, it's on a case by case basis because, um, when, um, when I was with him, I do recall that my oldest son, he actually took on some of his traits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then once I did leave him alone and once I did finally leave the relationship, my son, he turned into a new person. Yeah. It was amazing. The transformation. Yeah. I actually wrote a, a paper last semester on the exposure of domestic violence and how it affects children. And they say that people or children that are um, exposed to domestic violence, that does not mean they were victims. It just means they saw it, heard it, whatever, are four times more likely to become abusers or abused later on in life. So being that you started seeing those traits in your son, it's because he started to see that, oh, this is the behavior. Yes. So how... How have you been able to work through that with your kids? Well, um, actually, um, well, it just turned 2019. So mm-hmm. in 2017, um, that child, um, he was actually in therapy. Yeah. Uh, because he started to act out in school, in a sense, and um, his father, he would come in and out of his life. So once he was in, the manipulation would start again. Mm-hmm. And then when he left again, the bad behaviors returned. So it was a confusing time for my oldest son. So um, therapy really helped. And now two years later, he is doing wonderful. He's, you know, in the band and, you know, he, 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 he matured a lot, you know, it's, and it's unfortunate that we, you know, he went through that and I suffer with a lot of guilt because I didn't leave sooner than I left, you know? Yeah. I also suffer with guilt um, because uh, another paper I did for school, because I always do it on things I'm interested in, right? If they give me like free game, I just go with what I'm interested in. We did, I did one for my developmental psychology class on how stress, anxiety, and depression affect fetal development because mm. my middle daughter that I was pregnant with uh, during my relationship, during my right. domestic violent relationship, she right. has some severe, severe behavioral issues. Yes. And it was one of her therapists who said, this may be because you were pregnant during this situation. And of course that plagues me with guilt. Cause I'm like, Oh, it's, you know, you start thinking it's my fault. My kids yep. like this. And if I had only yep. left, she, they wouldn't yep. be like this, but yes, we can't do anything about it. Yes. And like what you just said, that really touched me because when I was 
you know, pregnant with my second son, it was very volatile in the house. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so I do feel guilt as well because I'm like, oh my God, like, what if he's angry? He has his little spurts of anger. He's only six now. But what if he has his little spurts of anger and his meanness because of what I went through when he was in my stomach? You know what I mean? Yeah. My daughter has those spurts of anger and meanness as well towards other, towards her siblings mainly, not towards other people out in public, like in school and stuff. But at home to her siblings, she can be really mean. And I'm just like, what if this is because of me? You know, what if what I, I not leaving early enough, this affected her. Uh Uh Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, you know, it's, and it's so silly. Like I always feel like, you know, they have all these different pills you can take all these different things. I'm like, well, I wish I could erase that time frame out of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know, just, I don't know. So what have you done for yourself in order to be able to heal from that relationship? Well, um, now I do facilitate a um, support group. It's called SSG survivor support group where we meet and it's a safe place for, um, people to share. Um, it's also on uh, Facebook as well. Um, and I spend a lot of time sharing my story, which is really therapeutic for me, to be mm-hmm. honest. <laughs> you know, I, but um, that helps me to get out of my shell a little bit more. I also um, donate a lot of, um, I donate time to just helping others and I recently just started going to a therapist, which I was embarrassed at first, <laughs> but but now I'm like, oh my God, like I love my therapist. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, wow, why wasn't I doing this years ago? I mean, now granted, um, I have an older daughter too. She's 23. So her and I don't have the best relationship. So back then when we were going through things, I did talk to a therapist at that point. But now this is a whole different situation. This is a whole different topic, you know, and it, she, my, she helps me with my coping skills and helps me mm-hmm. to deal with the anxiety that I think I've mentioned to you before about um, the anxiety and the overthinking and the, you know, it's just, it's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. It is a lot. I understand. I love my therapist too. Yes. And <laughs> like I do, I've been in therapy for quite a few years I did take a little break because I thought I was healed, but then come to find out I have lots of trauma in my childhood too. So I, we have to unpack all of that. Yes, girl, it's a lot of baggage. It is a lot of baggage. And I, um, so it wasn't just my daughter that inspired the exposure of domestic violence um, paper I made, but me, because even though my parents didn't like hit each other they were they would emotionally and verbally abuse each other gaslight psychological all the things everything but hit each other and they in it like affected me as well because i experienced some of that too so not only did i witness it but i experienced it so when i got in my you know domestic violence relationship i thought that was normal behavior like that's how people love each other yes exactly yeah. So it's, it's, it's definitely hard because if you don't know what a healthy relationship looks like, yeah. you can't have one. You can't, you can't. No, it's, it's so many layers to it, you know? 
<laughs> there really is. There's yeah. a lot because when you look back, it's not just one thing. It's, it's just things upon things. And I was very fortunate that I met my husband and he stuck with me through like my healing process and yes, everything like that. And he showed me what a healthy, loving relationship is, you know, that I'm yes. not supposed to be called names and I'm not supposed to you can be screamed at or anything like that. And the man is, I've put him through some stuff with all of my oh, yeah. things going on, but he is a freaking saint and I'm thankful for him. <laughs> well, you go boy. <laughs> you go boy, right? But I mean, it, I didn't purposely seek out that relationship. It kind of sought me out and that's how yes. I ended up in it. Because otherwise I would have kept making the same mistake over and over and over yes. again. Yes. You know, it, it makes you just, it's like, although I love love and I believe in it and stuff, it, it mm -hmm. that did put a damper on my thoughts about it for a moment. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It kind of breaks you a little bit. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a mental prison, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and it's hard, like, just like in real life, you can't really break out of prison, obviously. Right. You know, it's hard to <laughs> try. I mean, you could try, but I mean, like it, you know. <laughs> They're going to find you. <laughs> but no, it's like a, it's like a lifetime thing that you have to deal with every day. Like there's triggers, like unexpected things, you know, I mean, people don't understand. No. And you know, uh, for the longest time I had like PTSD type symptoms yes. whenever I had to be around oh, yeah. my, sp my spouse, my, my daughter's father, like, oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. we, we share custody. Like, the, yeah. they didn't take custody away from him. He, we share custody of her. Yeah. Like, I I'd still, I mean, I've gotten better, but it was to the point where I didn't even like seeing his text messages come on my cell phone. Same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, that would give me anxiety. How do I have anxiety over a text message? Because <laughs> it triggers you. Yes. So, you know, it's the little things like, oh. And it just helps to have people that understand because it's hard to talk to people that don't understand where you're coming from. Well, just leave. You can't just leave. Right. You know, you can't just walk away. You can't just not think about it. You can't just not remember those times. And so, when you have kids with them, you are literally stuck with them for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. And it's even worse when the kids look like the person. Right. <laughs> My daughter looks just like her father, just like her mother. I'm like, oh my God, you know? <laughs> so how does it work out nowadays between the two of you? Is he still well, not involved with the kids or? Well, actually, um, when I did leave, I, um, the, a judge granted me a two, a two year protective order. So that gave me time to awesome. heal. And, and yes. And I divorced him within that time frame, And also within that time frame, I was granted soul and physical custody uh. of the kids. Yes. Yeah, so it's up to me whether or not I, um, let him see them. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I tried to be very careful, um, with that, because he likes to manipulate the oldest one at this point still. And even still, like he promises them things and he doesn't come through. He's, you know, and then he, he manipulates them and, and pretends like it's my fault. Right. So it's hard to, it's, it's hard to allow him to be inconsistent. Right. Because he is inconsistent, 
So it's almost like, you know, you're not sure what you should do. Like, should you let them see them? Should you not? You know, but now my son, he's 14. So now I kind of, you know, talk to him more openly about it. And I give him the option of whether or not he wants to spend that time or not. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's understandable. And my daughter's father is, you know, the hero in her eyes because he oh, gets her whatever she wants. And when he, she, she tells me when I'm at daddy's house, I don't know, I can do whatever I want. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's fun, Dad. I'm, yeah, I'm glad I get to be the bad person who has rules and oh, yeah. says, maybe you shouldn't get her an iPad, but he gets her one anyways. Oh, you know, that sort of thing where I'm just like, you know, I'm really trying hard here to parent this child who yeah. has some pretty serious behavioral issues. Oh, yeah. And you just make me feel like seem, and she always asks me, well, why did you and daddy, you know, why are you and daddy not together? And of course, right. she's too young. Like, I'm not going to tell her that. Like, yeah. so I tell her, like, we didn't get along very well. So mommy left. Right. Who knows what he's telling her on his side of things? Oh, and, and I had a problem with that, too, because now my son is old enough to tell me what he's saying. Mm -hmm. So that makes it even worse. So he's giving him lies, <laughs> you know, so it's hard to deal with that. Because right. I, I believe now that he's older, he sees through the lies. But for some years, he didn't. So that was hard. You know what I mean? So. It definitely is. Cause they, I mean, for the longest time, my ex blamed me for everything. He would tell oh, yeah. everybody that I took everything yeah. away from him. I was oh, yeah. a horrible person. Yeah. He, his boss even called me and told me I shouldn't needed to go back to him. Like all this shit. All of it. Girl. His <laughs> boss. <laughs> his boss like literally called me. So when I left, they arrested him for shooting off a gun in the house. And, um, when I left, his boss called me and was like, you know, he loves you and you really should go back to him and give him another chance. He has, a, he had a drug and alcohol problems. Okay. Um, and so when he was high and drinking, that's when he was very abusive. And right. I was like, I've been dealing with this for like years now. Like I'm, right. he hasn't quit before. Why would I go back again for like the fifth time and be like, girl. oh yes, you're going to quit this time. Girl, girl, I got a better one for you. When I left, <laughs> when I left mine, his mother and sister and brother called me. Oh, yeah, he understands your work now. He's ready to come back home now. Oh, hell no. <laughs> really? Um, he is not on punishment. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> He's ready to come home now. Girl. Isn't it? It's crazy how people that are around these guys, they can't even see it. But, I mean, the signs are all there. Like, my ex was definitely, like, a narcissist. Like there was no hiding that he was the way he was, but people just right. like gave excuses for his behavior. Oh, yeah. His family, they enable him. And, and the thing about it is with us, his family knew about him. Like I would confide in his family. Right. Instead of my own, which mm -hmm. is stupid, you know, but Hey, you live and you learn. <laughs> right. So they actually knew that he was a monster. And yeah. still, I guess they didn't want to have to take care of him on their own. So they were happy that he had me. Right. You know, you know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So tell us what inspired you to write the, this book series, because this is all interrelated, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, so basically, when I was in that hell, <laughs> as I like to call it, <laughs> I use writing as a uh, coping uh, technique. 
to kind of deal with what I was going through, like, you know, the kind of journaling right. in a sense. And right. I would, you know, fantasize about a life uh, worth living, <laughs> a life that is filled with happiness and joy with my kids, because that's what they deserve. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because in real life, I was dealing with wanting to drive off the James River Bridge every day to end yeah. it all, you know? So that basically, like, writing did kind of save my life. So um, uh, the title the title of the series is called The Holiday Boys, like we talked about. And that is because both of my sons were born on holidays. Mm-hmm. The oldest was born on April Fool's, and the youngest was born on, on um I'm sorry, the oldest was born on Halloween and the youngest was born on April Fool's Day and that was their actual due dates. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So one day God woke me up in the middle of the night and gave me the name The Holiday Boys and I was like, oh my God, that's it. So that's basically how it turned into what it is today. So it's a book series. What yes. is The Hol- Holiday Boys, what, it, what is it about? Like tell the, the listeners who are like, okay. I should, why should I even purchase this book series for my kids? Okay. So basically the book series uh, teaches lessons about love, true friendship, family, facing your fears, um, topics that aren't necessarily taught in school. Mm -hmm. And at the end of each book, there is a teachable lesson. So at the end of each book, there's a series of questions um, that helps for the parents and the child to interact and it also helps for the child to feel comfortable with opening up with their feelings. Um, oh, go ahead. <laughs> so how have these books helped your sons? Like, do you read them with them and they work yes. through them? Yes. Like um, the oldest or the youngest rather, he's six. So now he's actually just starting to read. So he's all excited to read his books, <laughs> air quote, <laughs> you know, and like um, he, every, everywhere he goes, he's, you know, he always tells his little teachers and, you know, the little, his little friends about his series and everything like that. So they're, you know, they're, they're proud. They're, they're very excited and proud about the holiday boys. And I think that the oldest one, the one that kind of witnessed things, Mm-hmm. I feel like, and he's never said these words, but I can kind of tell that he's proud of me. And that makes mm-hmm. me so happy because I go through like feeling sometimes that like I let him down by not leaving soon enough. So I like to involve the kids in the series and like to ask their opinions on things. And, you know, I think that being that they've seen me mature and grow into the person I am today, I think that that helps them to kind of see a strong woman and see their mom in a different light. And I I hope that that makes them proud. I bet it does. And not only that, but they need, I I honestly believe that boys need a strong female role model in their lives. Somebody to show them like, this is how you should treat a woman. And you know, this is how women should treat you. Yeah, exactly. It goes both ways, you know. Um, like I, I feel also too that like I found my passion in life, my purpose, which is to like, you know, share my story to help somebody else. Like, like I was helped when I was going through. Like, I don't think I would have been able to get through this without God and without my support system. In fact, so, I, I know. So, how did your support system, like, how did they help you get through this? How did they help you decide to leave? Who were the people that were there for you during that time? Well, I had several girlfriends who, once they found out about it, like, would call me every day. What do you need? How can I help? What can I do? 
you know, and then once, once I finally told my mom, although she didn't understand, she grew too during this experience. Because now six years later, like she, she knows a lot and I'm proud of my mom for just, you know, opening up and being my source, you know what I mean? Because I feel like, and I've, and I've, and I've heard this from other women too. They say that, you know, once they told their mom or their parent that they knew they weren't going back because we hide those things from our parents. Because we don't yeah. want them to worry. They're older. We don't want them to worry about us. You know, we can handle it on our own, although we can't. But we can handle it on our own. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so, and, you know, I feel like I felt like a weight was lifted once I did share my story with my close friends and my family. Because now I can actually be my real self. Right. Yes, that happened to me. Please don't feel sorry for me. Let's just, you know we'll learn together. We'll learn about this together because I'm still learning daily about it. You know, mm-hmm. Transitions Family Violence Services, they helped me out a lot. Um, they supported me during uh, that time frame, which is why I donate a portion of my proceeds from every book sale to Transitions. You know, wow. I feel like I have to give back. Yeah. I feel like that was, that's, that's, that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. To help, and- some, to help another survivor. And I like how you said that we really need to, you know, keep learning about this because oh, yeah. even though my story may be one way, your story is a different way. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I do remember like when I was in it, I would say to myself, you know, well, I'm not as bad as so-and-so because he right. doesn't hit me. He only chokes me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think now I'm like, girl, are you crazy? You know what I mean? Huh. <laughs> <sighs> I thought the same thing. I was like, you know, most of my relationship with my ex all the way up until like literally the last couple days never laid a hand on me. It was strictly verbal, psychological abuse. And then what, and I always said, you know what, at least he's not hitting me, you know, at least he's not hitting me until the the night before I left. Like he was throwing shit at me. He should like put his hands around my neck. Oh yeah. And I, you know, I started packing my stuff that that night wanting to leave. And then the next day he said he was sorry. And I was like, you know what? We can work this out. But he came back drunk and high and started in with his shit again. I was like, I got to go. And then he shot off the gun in the house. And I was like, you know what? This shit is crazy pants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's it. I mean, that's not, people don't normally shoot off a gun in in a house. Like, it just doesn't happen. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and he tries to say it came, went off on accident. I'm like, no, no, I'm pretty sure that was right. intentional. <laughs> right. Hello. <laughs> like, yeah. no. You don't accidentally shoot off a gun. That's not how that works. <laughs> not normally, you know. <laughs> no. But you know, you do, you give yourself these excuses and tell yourself yeah. these stories in your head. Well, it's not as bad as this person, or it could be yeah. worse, or yeah. I'll never find love again, or they'll yes. get better because they tell yes. me they're going to get better. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what I went through for years. Oh, well, it'll get better after this or after this right? or after this. It ain't going to get no better. And Mm -hmm. it didn't get no better. (laughs) It's always something, you know, Uh, for me, I can't, I canceled our wedding three weeks before it was happening. So for me, for months, it was like, he'll be better after the wedding. Like once we get married and like all that, and we're all settled in the stress of the weddings really just, you know, setting him off. But yeah, totally. No, that's not it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Like 
you know, every time I, I'm just glad that I can talk about it now and not cry. Right. You know, that, that, that lets me know that I am, I am healing. Like, yes, it, it's happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, cause it really is a process. Like, it, it is. And you know, I laugh about it now, but I don't mean mm-hmm. laugh like that's funny. haha. But I'm oh, like, yeah how ridiculous the situation was, yeah, you know, and I look back and I'm like, how did I not see any, but you don't because yes. you're, it's slow and they, yes. you get inundated in it and they slowly tear you apart and yes. kind of brainwash you where you yep. like leave all this stuff. Yes. Yes. And now it's like, now that I'm in a different headspace, my life is different. Like I look back, I even look back at old pictures. I'm like, who was talking about myself? right you know what I mean (laughs) yeah who was she wow I don't even know that person yeah I don't recognize that person at all yeah 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 no and you know my friends and family they kind of knew like they didn't know for sure but they kind of knew that something wasn't right my best friend would stop she's like I really don't like him and I can't be around him so she would not come over to my house if he was around Um, my mom even said, you know, he's, he's just not, he's not a good person, Megan, you know, and he would purposely try to separate me from those that I, I loved. Right. So he said he couldn't be around my mom cause she yeah. drinks, drank beer and he couldn't smell the beer because, you know, he's trying to recover from alcoholism. Right. And right. so he can't be around her. And of course, like that meant I couldn't be around her. And right you know, he didn't want her holding our baby. If he had drank, she drank any beer and all this ridiculous stuff where I, but I ate it, I ate it all up. Like, Oh Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Makes total sense. We do. Oh yeah. We eat it all up, girl. I remember like he wouldn't want to come to the family functions and stuff because he felt like they were judging him. Yeah. Because they could see right through your trifling behind. Right. You know what I mean? They see your, they see it all. Like they just know, like they know somewhere in their, in their body, they know. Yeah. In their core, they know. In their soul, their soul is like, there's something wrong here. Like, like like you said, they don't know what, but they know something's wrong. Yes. Mm -hmm. Could not pinpoint it, but they knew something is off. Yep. Something. Mm, mm, mm. Mm-hmm. My sister, like, she was just like, I always didn't like him. I always knew something was like, wrong but I didn't know what was wrong because you know they don't show that side of themselves when they're around other people of course of course you know they try to act like they're the best person in the whole world when they're around other people then slice bread girl right (laughs) exactly (laughs) you know it's hard but you're you know the people that are closest to you kind of know there's something there's something going on Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Yeah. So when you said you talked, told your mom, when I told my mom, she was like, yeah, I knew there was something, I knew something was up. Like, you know, and he reminded her so much of my father who is, you know, emotionally and psychologically abusive. And she was like, I just knew there was something going on. And I was like, oh crap. I repeated the pattern. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's okay. It's okay. We live and we learn from it, right? We live and we learn. There's not much we can do now. Thank God for that. Thank God for the opportunity to still be alive, to live and learn. Exactly. Because um, I was at a candlelight vigil in town center, Virginia Mm -hmm. beach um, Mm -hmm. during domestic violence awareness month. And they were listing off names of women and, and even men who had lost their lives to domestic violence. Mm -hmm. 
breaks my heart every time. And I and I and I would ask myself back then. I'm like, you know, well, why did you let me live? Right. You know, because I didn't feel worthy to live at that time. You know, and mm -hmm. I remember not having a voice, and he would get so agitated whenever I would call him. What do you want? You don't want nothing. And now people like want to hear me talk, and it's still surprising to me. It's still shocking. Yeah even yeah. six years later that people want to hear what I have to say. I know for years, it was my kids that kept me going. Like they were just, I'm like, I, I just, I knew like if something happened to me where my middle daughter would end up and I did not want that to happen. So I kept yeah. pushing forward and, and luckily through personal development and therapy and all that stuff, I'm in a much better headspace than I was back then. But yes. I mean, it was serious struggle. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm just, thankful for people like you who you know you've created a wonderful platform and that's a blessing because you know I didn't even know all these things existed when I was going through what I was going through same you know what I mean yeah so to have all this access to wonderful people like you and you know transitions and just people who are actually really on the ground working you know what I mean mm -hmm. like and it's from the heart like I don't know what I would do if I didn't have that you know I don't I, know I always say that if anything I do or say just helps one person I did my job because I feel like that's that's what it's about like and that's why I share stories because you feel connected you can see yourself in the people and maybe somebody's listening and they're like Oh my gosh, that's me. And they go and they get the help they need to, to move themselves from that relationship. Then this story was well worth telling. Yes. Yes. I'm just. <sighs> so what's the future look like for you and your boys? How are you going to move forward with this? You know, how are you going to, you're giving back. You said you're a domestic violence awareness advocate. How are you, how are you guys moving forward? Well, um, I have some, um, I just got a call last week that just made my heart melt, um, which is some good news. Um, so basically last week, um, Kikatan High School's performing arts department called me and said that they are um, turning the Holiday Boys into a stage play. What? Yes, That is girl. so awesome. That almost made me cry there. That is yes. so great. Yeah. So that, so that like just made me like, oh my God, like. Things like that let me know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing in life. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. you know, just continuing to write. Um, you know, I enjoy sharing the stories with kids. You know, kids deserve to have a happy home. Mm -hmm. I really believe that, you know, I, kids are so important. Yeah. You know, and like I said at the top of our conversation, like I still deal with that guilt and stuff, but I'm, you know, I, I talk to my therapist and I just want to continue doing God's work, continue sharing my story, continue writing books, continue hopefully um, giving some child out there hope or some mother out there hope to let them know that, you know, you can do it. You can get out. You can live a happy life. You can pursue your dreams you don't need to be in that unhealthy relationship, whether it's a man or a woman, whatever. You yeah. deserve the best, you know? And, and I like how you said man or woman because yeah. men can be abused as well. Yeah, 
definitely. And I think a lot of times they don't have the resources that they yes. really should have to get the help. Cause you know, um, the majority of abuse survivors are women. However, yeah. you know, that doesn't mean we need to overlook men and we do and like rape cases and abuse, yeah. stuff like that, yeah. molestation, but they are victims as well. Yes. And I know that they probably go through a lot of embarrassment, just like how we do with it. It could be even worse for them. Right. They're supposed to be men. They're supposed to be strong. They're supposed mm -hmm. to be tough guys. And you know what I mean? Yeah. How could you let a woman beat you up? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen some women though, man. Whew. Yes. I, I have to girl. girl. Yeah. Where so. I'm just like, I wouldn't be surprised. Like they, yeah. they're vicious. Yeah. Yeah, like I've seen some, like, I, I no longer, like, it's like, you just don't know what goes on behind closed doors, you know? Right. That's why I try not to, like, the, like, social media thing, you know, people posting these pictures and this happy life kind of stuff. Like, you just don't know. No. You don't and, know what goes on in people's homes. You don't. A lot of times they're posting those pictures because they don't want to admit it to themselves that something's going on. Exactly. You know? And I remember the days before social media, like things were different. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's different now. Yeah. Yes. It, it is. I remember the days before social media. As well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm definitely old enough to remember those days. And, yeah. you know, I, I think it's a good and bad thing. Like I think social yeah. media can, and can be a really positive thing. It helps, yes. you know, spread awareness. It helps, yes. um, People have their voices be heard, but then there's a dark side to social media. Yes, that's a very dark side. You know, I just, like, I look at those, like, for example, like those pastors who will rant and rave about how they love their wives. And then yeah. a couple months later, you'll find out, you know, it's like oh, these people who, who, you know, these people that are being worshipped on social media and it's scary. It is scary. It is scary. And I always tell people that, you know, you can't just see this person with all their accolades and think that they don't have skeletons in their closet because oh, yes. yes. some of them do. Yes. No, no relationship is perfect. No mm -hmm. person is perfect. No. So as we wrap up the podcast today, what are some things that you would like to leave the Inspired Women audience with? Um, I just want everyone or anyone out there listening to know that if you are going through a domestic violence situation that you're not alone there is help out there and if if you can always you can you can message me like mm -hmm. please message me if, if my name is anika daniel on facebook you can message me we can talk you can text me anytime you know i just want people out there to know that like they're not alone you know um there's help out there that, that's the that's the thing that I just love to, to tell people. Like, just, you know, don't give up. You right. can have a good life. You can, like, you deserve a good life. If you have children, your children deserve a good life. You deserve a good life. We've only got one. Yep. That's so true. Yeah, and you know. We were both if, connected through Nietzsche Himes with Grow yes. Foundation. Um, if somebody's in Virginia or New Jersey, going through yes. this, you can reach out to grow. I'll link Nisha's uh, episode up in the show notes so people can that would be you know, great. Yes. listen and contact her. So There's support out there. Yes. So if you, if you need help, reach out to us, like we're here, like we, we understand, like sometimes it's hard to talk to people that, that don't understand. Cause they'll say stupid things like, you know, why don't you just leave? You can't just leave. No, nope. you know, 
It's nothing to be ashamed of. And a lot of times we don't have the ability to leave, right? Yeah, like they've already reason. like stripped us of everything that would make it oh, possible yeah. for us to leave. Oh yeah. Like, you know, some, some of, you know, sometimes we don't have the financial means to get out, mm-hmm. which is why uh, organizations like Transitions Family Violence Services or GROW are out there to support us. You know, if we need, if we need emergency something, you know what I mean? Right. And there might be in somebody's area, a a domestic violence shelter that can also help them. I know here we have Samaritan house that helps with that. Um, But there's shelters like that all over the place. There are resources for people. And I'm also going to link your group up so people can, uh, you know, reach out in there if they need some extra help as well. Yes, please. We're out here. We're here to help you guys, um, you guys and gals, you right. know, you are loved. You are yeah. loved. Well, Onika, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing your story. This was an amazing episode. Thank you so much for having me. This was a wonderful experience. Thank you so much. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.